0: Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. If you haven't met me, my name's Stuart. I'm the leader of the church here. Very warm welcome to you. Before we get into Proverbs, I just want to talk about something that happened to me this week. Um, The holidays are kind of upon us. Children have broken up for school. It's that sort of warm time of year. People go away and things tend to slow down a bit. And this week... um, My family and I did something we've never done before, and that is we went camping together. We went with some friends from the church, Matt and Phil, and their kids, and we went camping. Now, technically, we have been camping before because we go to, like, Christian events where you get thousands. You gather together in not great conditions, and you kind of camp there, and then you have to go to meetings and seminars. But we went to normal camping, which is we just went away. There was no meetings, no seminar, no worship time. There was literally just us on a campsite, and we turned up... Uh, there, and, and we set up the tent, and the weather was great, and the kids started playing, we are by a stream, um, and then we had this really shocking moment, which could have derailed the entire holiday, I just want to say, and that is we found that um, we had no reception on our phones. We had literally, you take the phone, it just said, on my one, it just said no service at the top, which meant there's no internet, no, no phone calls, nothing, I couldn't email, I couldn't go on social media, Facebook or Twitter, I couldn't text, I couldn't make a phone call, I couldn't go on uh, Facebook, I couldn't, I couldn't search the web, no Pokemon Go, I mean, you know, life was pretty tough in, in that situation, but what it, what it meant was, because there were four adults there, we were saying, like, none of our phones were, so what did we do? We all looked at each other, turned the phones off, shoved them away, got on enjoying our holiday, and it was an amazing time, it was like, everything got quiet, Everything got quiet. There wasn't things vying for our attention. To be fair, there were still four things. They were all about this high, vying for our attention. And they kept running around. But Jeremy, the world couldn't get hold of us. We were just, we were cut off from everything. And we were only in the peak district. It wasn't like we'd gone far. And we had this great time, a few days, just hanging out, doing stuff together as families, enjoying ourselves, but it was just like quiet. And we got, we got to, the peace came on us, and we basically just got to talk to each other. Talk to our children to listen to her and the outside voices of the world and everything else cramming in went away and we got to sit and listen and talk to each other and it was a wonderful time. We really had a good time and what I want to talk to you about today is the voice that calls to us, a voice that speaks to us in the midst of the busyness and craziness of the world and everything crowding in and we're going to look at the voice of wisdom today that calls into us. And we've been going through the book of Proverbs. We're now at chapter 8. So we've done the first seven chapters. And we, we learned that from the beginning that chapters 1 to 9 in Proverbs are like an extended introduction. They're like the beginning of the book. And the author, Solomon, the wisest man outside Jesus who ever lived, he wrote down and he said, this is, this is the introduction to help frame the rest of the book. Because when you get to chapter 10 to about chapter 28-ish, they're basically, the Proverbs are these little two-line things. They're very pithy statements, don't seem to go in any order, and they're basically a collection of wise words to help you live. But the first nine chapters act as an introduction to that to help frame it. And we've learned we've learnt that the key to understanding God's wisdom is fear of the Lord. That came right up the beginning. You must fear the Lord which means you have an irreverent awe of God and who he is and and put him in his rightful place and then you can understand the wisdom that comes through it. We've seen that behind the words of Solomon that we read is the voice of God himself speaking to us, communicating truth to us, telling us about how life should be lived. In the best way, we found that actually Proverbs on the whole deals with the nitty-gritty of life. doesn't tend to deal with cosmic themes that the, that the Bible talks about. Sin and redemption and Christ's plan and, and for salvation for the entire cosmos, all this. It talks about life in the nitty-gritty. It talks about how life kind of should be lived day to day and it gives us truisms of life. If you live life well, a wise way, generally life goes well for you because you've made good and wise choices. And it's calling out to us and... What we've got to in chapter 8 is we've got the voice of wisdom. Now, we've got this character turned up, Lady Wisdom. We met her way back at the uh, beginning of chapter 1, and she's come back to talk to us again, this personification of wisdom. So if you've got your Bible, I'm going to read from verse 1 of chapter 8. It says, and it should appear on the screen behind us. There you are, if you haven't got your Bible with you. All right. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Besides the gate in the front of town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud To you, O men, I call. And my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. "'Pride and arrogance and the way of evil "'and perverted speech I hate. "'I have counsel and sound wisdom. "'I have insight. "'I have strength. "'By me kings reign and rulers decree what is just. "'By me princes rule and nobles all who govern justly. "'I love those who love me "'and those who seek me diligently find me. "'Riches and honor are with me, "'enduring wealth and righteousness. "'My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold.' And my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the paths of peace, granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limit, so that waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily in his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in the inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. And now, O oh sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Her instruction, oh, sorry, hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life, and attains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. All right, big idea today. Wisdom is, listen, wisdom is speaking. Are you listening? Wisdom is speaking, are you listening? Now this chapter is paired with the one we looked at last week um, um, about the unfaithful wife, the adulteress. And so we have a pair of them and she's turned up again in chapter 5. We looked at that, we looked about wisdom for sex and wisdom for temptation. And so you have these two characters compared and contrasted. So we have, now we have lady wisdom. And lady wisdom is basically the opposite of the unfaithful wife that we looked at last time. Now a word again on gender. We looked at the unfaithful wife, the adulteress, and it's a woman in the story, and there's a father talking to his son about this woman, but that doesn't mean that it's only women who are bad and guys who are okay. The same with this one. We've got lady wisdom. It doesn't mean only ladies are wise, but the, in, for the sake of Proverbs, they personified her as a lady, and she's the opposite of the unfaithful wife. I think of her, when I kind of was reading this and studying the, the image that came to mind was Lady Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. Do you remember that played by Cate Blanchett? She is this woman who is beautiful, And noble and dignified and wise and has depth of character and has something about her that is beautiful but doesn't seem to resort to what the unfaithful wife and the adulteress is. And there she is standing and she is calling out to the reader to actually listen to her. And these two women have got differences, the adulteress, the unfaithful wife, and Lady Wisdom. We saw last time that the unfaithful wife moves in darkness and secrecy, and she's going around the town looking for the gullible, simple youth to seduce. Well, Lady Wisdom, it says, moves in public. She moves in public and she's right out there in the streets calling out. We saw the unfaithful wife speaks falsely. She lies. She tries to manipulate. While Lady Wisdom, it says, speaks truth and what is right. If you um, go after uh, the adulterous, unfaithful wife, it leads to slavery. It leads to destruction. It leads to death. Listening to Lady Wisdom leads to wealth and life and hope. The words of the unfaithful wife are crooked twisted lies lady wisdoms are straight and right and true the uh, unfaithful wife inhabits the world of the kind of mundane and earthly and very base while lady wisdom inhabits the realm of of kind of space and time and the heavens which said in that passage she's above all those things both of them pursue the the gullible and the young and the simple and say come on listen to me The unfaithful wife does it erotically, trying to play on her sexuality, while Lady Wisdom does it spiritually and tries to get people to put their eyes on Jesus. And we've heard the voice of the adulteress, we're now going to hear the voice of Lady Wisdom. So there's a bunch of things I want to just point out that she is talking to us about today. The first thing in that first section of chapter 8 is she calls and commands... She calls and commands. Similar to her first appearance way back in chapter 1, she is calling out to listen. And the, the passage begins with some rhetorical questions where the, kind of the answer is yes. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise a voice? Yes, it does. She's calling out them. She's trying to make her point. She's trying to be heard. It says she goes into the place where people congregate. She's at the city gate. She's at the crossroads. She's at the place where there is most people and she is calling out to them. There's nothing hidden or secret about her. She's right there. And those places, the gates and, and the crossroads and the markets where she finds herself are places of politics and commerce and justice. So she's speaking into all the key parts of life and the world. And she's not hiding. She's right out there. And she's calling out to people and saying, listen to me. And she calls to all men, regardless of background. Regardless of kind of where you are, regardless of age, she is calling out to you. Because um, it's, um, it's a lady in the story, it, it particularly names men. It's saying she's calling out to them like the unfaithful wife is calling out, saying, come sleep with me. And she's saying, no, come, listen to me. Listen to me. I will teach you. I will give you stuff. I will impart to you. And then it says she commands. There's two things she commands. Verses 6, I think it's verse 10. First one, she says, "Here." hear me not just listen not just let words pass over you but hear me take on board what I'm saying because the words she speaks it says they're noble they're upright they're straight they're true they're right they're the opposite of wicked evil kind of crooked lies she's saying no I I speak the opposite of that other woman that, that you've heard about I speak what is true I speak what is right and you need to hear this. You need to take this on board. You can't just let it roll over your head. Because if you're not listening to me, if you're not hearing me, you will be listening to someone else. And their words will not be like mine. And then she says, take them. Take them. Basically take hold of them. Grasp them. Take them on board. Keep them tightly in your hands. Don't let them... Don't let them just fritter away. If someone gave you something important, something precious and said, hold on to it, you would hold on to it. You wouldn't just let it fly around. You wouldn't give it to someone else to look after. You would take hold of it because it's important, because it's precious and you would keep it to yourself. And she's saying, take it, take hold of it, grip onto what I've got. And what I'm giving you is so important, so precious, it's worth more than the most precious thing they could have at that time, which is it was gold, pure gold, silver, said the precious metals that people covenant, they think that will give them wealth and status and stability and prosperity, said what I'm giving you, my words, the wisdom I'm going to impart to you are better than that. Take hold of it. Don't just let it go. Take hold of it. I'm calling out to you. Grasp onto it. Then it goes on and she says what she offers to us. It says she rules and she enriches us. She starts talking about herself in that second section. She starts using I. This is wisdom describing herself to us, what she's like. And she states these virtues that she is about. She talks about the fear of the Lord, which has come up again and again for us. And it comes up again and again. I think it's about 20 times in Proverbs, this phrase, the fear of the Lord, having a reverent awe of God. And here it's put purely in context um, of, as a hatred of evil. What is the fear of the Lord? What does that mean? Well, one of the things it means is to hate Evil, hate everything wrong, hate everything that God hates, hate everything that is an offense to him. And he's basically saying, this is what I'm about. I'm about the hatred of evil, about pride and arrogance and and perverted speech. And if you read on in that section, he talks about ruling and reigning justly. And so actually, the offense of that, the kind of the converse of that, would actually be the ones who hate authority, will not submit to authority, the rebellious which we know is what we were all like before we became Christians. We were rebels against God. That was the big problem. She's saying, actually, that's what it's about. If you listen to me, you hear my obedience, it means to submit to my authority. It means to humble yourself before God. It means to recognize who he is. And she says, I have the power to help people govern well and justly. It talks about kings and princes and nobles, which are different layers of authority depending on where they stood their, their sphere of authority. And it says, by them, by me, they do good jobs. The way they govern and rule, rule justly well is because of they've listened to wisdom. The way they exercise what God has given them well, rather than being corrupt, evil uh, rulers, is because they've listened to me. They've listened to wisdom. So wisdom, I enable you to rule and have authority. But it also says, actually, it's not just that side. It says, I actually can enrich, enrich life. If you listen to me and you do what I say, it's actually, I can make your life better. I can make it function well, which is the whole point of Proverbs. Actually, if we listen to this, on the whole, life goes well. If we follow the commands that we've seen about not going off with other women, not lending money and being silly with money and all those other things that we come up in Proverbs, working well, doing a good job, life generally goes well for you. And wisdom is saying, if you listen to me, that is the reward for me, good social standing. People think well of you which reflects ultimately on God. It uses this term fruit when we bear fruit, which is an agricultural term. So actually if a plant, it bears fruit, that's a good thing. It's actually it's meeting its purpose. If it's not bearing fruit, it's not doing what it should be doing. But fruit then goes on because fruit then can grow other plants. So it's either of a legacy. I will enrich your life and you will through me form a legacy that will go on beyond you, which is well worth having. So we're just saying, listen to me. I will help you lead your life. I'll help you govern in whatever sphere you're in. And I will help enrich your life and bring righteousness and justice in all that you do. Then she goes on to, this one kind of shifts gear quite a lot. She proceeds and celebrates, it says. She proceeds and celebrates. What do I mean by proceeds? If you read that section, it suddenly goes cosmic on you and eternal. Basically, wisdom is saying, I can give you the skills for now in life if you listen to me and you'll be able to do your job and you'll be able to work and you're married and your children and I'll help you in all those things and whatever God's done, I'll tell you not to go away with that. Don't sleep with that woman, etc., etc. But now it suddenly goes, I was there in the beginning. I was there before all of this. Wisdom is, I proceed from God himself. This isn't just philosophies and ideals that come up from man. A new, latest good idea. How are we going to solve this problem? How are we going to deal with this? Let's just have a change of leadership. We've seen that recently, haven't we? We've got problems. What do we do? We change the leadership. Change the leadership. And we're trying to do that. And that should solve all the problems. No, it's not. And wisdom is saying, I can help you. But I was there at the beginning. When God put together the universe, when he measured out the heavens and the earth and said to the water, you can come to here and no further, I was there. I was there, I am eternal, I've been there since the beginning, since God himself has been speaking and putting in. And much of lot Proverbs is about day-to-day life, but behind that, the wisdom that comes through is the wisdom of God himself. God is eternal, God is vast, we've sung about that, his great plan, his resurrection power that works in us, which is always the purpose. He says, but I, this eternal wisdom, I can help you, and I can tell you how to do your marriage and how to parent your kids. And how to work hard. But you've got to understand where it came from. It came from the beginning. I've always been there. And then there's a part of celebration. We um, see um, wisdom rejoicing over the creative acts. Rejoicing about We said, I was there. I saw it all. And I delighted in it. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1. It says, uh, God made the heavens and the earth. What's the refrain that comes up time and time again in Proverbs 1? He saw it and it was good. It was good. And they got to us. (laughs) It's very good. Brilliant. So it was all excellent. It's worth celebrating. It's worth shouting about. It's worth rejoicing in. And wisdom says, I was there. I saw it. And it was amazing. It was wonderful. How great it was to see the creation of everything. And I rejoiced in it. I looked to God. And I worshipped. And we praised. And it was wonderful. And it was amazing. And what... What this reminds us is the futility of earthly thinking. It reminds us that actually so much of worldly earthly thinking, when you line it up against what wisdom is saying, shows how ridiculous it is. When the world says, act this way, live this way, when it contradicts the word of the Bible, it, it exposes its own ignorance. How stupid it is. If you go to read the book of Job and you get to the end, the beginning part of Job, most of it is, is Job going through these problems and then his so called friends come up, try and help him, and basically they're completely unhelpful. In the end, Job rails against God and says, God, why have you allowed these bad things to happen in my life? God turns up in a whirlwind before him and basically says some of the things that wisdom has said here. And it's, you know, who is this who darkens counsel with words without knowledge? He says. You don't know anything, God says. You weren't there in the beginning. You weren't there when I made everything. You have to trust that I am God and I am ruling and I am reigning and I am good and you're not. And Job humbles himself and is blessed as a result, it says. But it's that idea. When you think about worldly wisdom, people got new ideas and oh, we should follow this philosophy and this thing. When you line it up with the world of Scripture, it is shown as so empty and so futile and so ridiculous. The last thing that she says says, Lady Wisdom, is she invites and she warns. It's similar to the other passage. We read many, many parts of Proverbs. At the beginning is a father talking to his son and saying, Son, you know, I want to teach you something. I want to help you with life. I want you to learn. Very much like the God, the Father, teaching us and saying, This is how I want you to live life. And now Lady Wisdom kind of takes that role. And she speaks to her children. And she's saying, Come on, listen to me, O oh sons. Listen to me. If you do... You'll be blessed. And she's inviting us as the readers to connect with her. It says in verse 34, it talks about watching daily by my gates. It says, waiting beside my door. And the image there is like, many things, it could be like a, a... uh, kind of a, a, a big one of the big cats a leopard waiting to catch its prey if a leopard is stalking its prey it, it gets to the point where it sees what it wants and it is waiting for the moment it is tense it is coiled the muscles are ready to go it is completely focused on the task at hand we've got the olympics starting this week we're going to see this aren't we you seen Usain Bolt before he runs 100 meters man that guy bombs could go off and he wouldn't move he'd be like I'm going that way for 100 meters gold medal nothing's going to get in my way. I am poised. I am ready. I am, I am going for it. And lazy wisdom is saying, Are you, do you have that attitude? Are you ready? Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to take it on? Because I'm inviting you to, into that. I'm inviting you into that relationship. That's what I want to communicate to you, she says. And he says, the result of it is great blessing. If you listen to me and you, you kind of follow my commands, actually, I will do good for you. That's the result of the kind of the message of Proverbs. Your life will go better if you're listening to me, if you're seeking me, if you're coming after me. And it's a beautiful invitation from her saying, Come to me, come to me, learn from me, listen to me, because I've got all these things available to you. And then the flip of that, the last verse, it's always in there when we've gone through probably seen this so many times. What's the what's the result if you fail? If you choose not to, if you harden your heart, you say, I'm not gonna follow you, Lady Wisdom. What does she say? But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. The result of not following Lady Wisdom is a tragic warning. And we've seen it time and time again. Going after the unfaithful wife rather than going after Lady Wisdom leads to death, destruction, and a whole bunch of hurt that's associated with it. And she's saying, no, don't do that. Again, the warning comes through from Proverbs. Don't do that. Don't live that life. All right, there's a few things I wanted just to pull out of here in terms of kind of application. Okay, the voice of wisdom, Lady Wisdom has spoken to us. She's coming. How do we respond to it? There's four areas I want to just quickly look at that hopefully kind of apply some things to our life uh, in what we do. The first one is the area of obedience. Lady Wisdom doesn't give suggestions. Ideas, thoughts, things to chew over. She gives commands. She tells us to do things. She tells us to live certain ways. She tells us to act a certain ways and her voice is calling out and telling us to do things. The Word of God is doing that. We take the Bible as a whole. The Word of God is calling us to act a certain way. And sometimes it can be hard to hear in the busyness of the world, with the life of the world crowding in, trying to squeeze into its mold, tell us things are right that are clearly wrong, to act a certain way and to just sort of form us into it. I told you about going camping and the beauty of the quiet that was camping. As we drove out of the campsite, um, up the hill, It was in a valley up the hill. We were chatting away and the kids were in the back chatting away. And then the oddest thing happened. As we went up the hill, Melanie had a phone with her, uh, kind of just in a bag, and it suddenly started beeping. Like it went berserk. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with your phone? And basically everything had been stored up when we've been around, it suddenly came crashing in. The voice of the world just came crashing in. She had WhatsApp messages and text messages and missed calls and alerts and all sorts of other things that suddenly came crashing in and the world came back shouting, as, this is what I want you to focus on. And my question to you is, what are you choosing to listen to and take hold of? What are you choosing to listen to and take hold of? What is wisdom telling you to do today? Or the flip of that is what is wisdom telling you not to do? Because it goes both ways today. Interestingly, as as I read through this this morning, it struck me that actually a lot of it's about speech. A lot of it, if that particular passage is about speech, a lot of um, Proverbs as a whole has a lot to say about what we say. Um, And actually my challenge to you is what are you saying that you shouldn't be saying? what are you not saying that you should be saying? Because it talks about perverted speech and crooked speech, but it also talks about speech that is good and right and true and to build up and encourage and edify. Think about your life, think about how you deal with the people around you, your spouse, your children, your friends, your colleagues at work, your boss, those who serve underneath you. Maybe if you're in a position of authority, how do you speak to them? Are there things you need to adjust in how you speak? Have you been guilty of lies this week? Are there things you need to actually, I need to correct that. I've been going off course on how I speak to people. What I've said, cutting words, sarcastic words, words that are untrue. Are there things I know I need to say, but I've not said them? Maybe through fear of man, fear of consequences, fear of kickback. Maybe the things I've been mean to say, I just want to encourage someone on that, I want to say something good, but you know what, I just haven't got around to it. Maybe there's a prompt now. Go and be a blessing to someone by speaking well of them because I'm, I've, I've seen and experienced in my own life the power of words can be phenomenal in just speaking well to people. They can also be utterly devastating when you speak ill of people and ill to people. So is there something there in your speech that you need to get... Well, what about the other area? We've looked at it for a few weeks and all felt uncomfortable. We're going to go back to it. Sexual temptation. It's a big one in our world, and it's only going to get bigger. Are there areas in your life where wisdom is calling you to obedience and God is saying there's things you need to stop doing, things you need to start doing, things you need to to get right? I challenge you in those two weeks we looked at that. Are there people you've spoken to? Who's your person that you're going to spoke to and say, this is an area of my life I need help in? Are you going to go and speak to them? Because wisdom is prompting you in that uh, way today. What about the area of authority? Wisdom said in that passage that she can give us our power to, to rule and govern. And I want you to just think about your life. Where do you, what sphere do you walk in? Where do you walk where you would say you have some level of authority? Some level of kind of being in charge? The first one's easy. Your own life. You're actually in charge of that. We don't feel like that. You know, feel like you've got a boss or a parent or whatever. Or sometimes you've got children that seem to control you. But you will run your life. You have authority and wisdom says, I will help you do that. I will help you run that. I will help you with your attitudes towards situations. I'll help you with what you do with your time. I will help you put it in order so you can rule and govern justly in your own life in what you choose to say and do and where you choose to go. What about in your workplace? If you've got a job or you're at school, you've got stuff that you're kind of in control of, work you're supposed to be doing, assignments you're supposed to do, projects you're meant to get done. You, you've got that authority in your life in the way you govern your time, what you're doing. How are you doing with that? Because business says, I will help you. The, 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 the mess of problems you win there is about us working diligently being being good workers By the grace of God and being the best that we can in all that we do. What about those who, if you're in relationships, if you're married and friendship or whatever, or you've got siblings in family, you have an authority and a role to govern in that. You can say, well, the other person has a part to play. Yeah, well, let's talk about your 50% first and actually how you act towards them how you work towards them how you communicate to them will have an effect on the relationship i remember having this shocking revelation that one of the best ways to transform my marriage was to not worry about all the things she wasn't doing and the things she hadn't done but actually to look at what i could do and how i could contribute to my marriage and how i could make it a better place and i thought do you know what i have responsibility and authority to control me and how i act and do you know what it changed if you're a parent here, you have responsibility for your children, to a point, because they're young. Wisdom says, I can help you in that area. And I remember, if we, remember we did the Freedom in Christ course at the beginning of the year, end of last year, beginning of this year, one of those, the, the sessions that struck me was God's desire for our life. One of the things he wants for us is us to be the best we can be in whatever sphere he's put us in. Whatever you, wherever you find yourself, God said, I want you to be the best you can for that, and I have grace available to help you do that. And wisdom is basically saying the same thing here. Whatever sphere you find yourself in, whatever kind of your bit of world of responsibility, and you may think it's great, you may think it's small, it doesn't matter. God is saying, I will help you in that. And so my question to you is, are you listening to wisdom in that area? Are you seeking God for that area? Are you asking Him to help you work in that area, to transform it, to, to align it up with His values and what He's saying to you? Do you speak for wisdom? Do you speak for God? Do you have His values in whatever that situation is? If we went with a, a news crew... And we interviewed all the people kind of that knew you, would, would they say to him, do you know what, that individual's wise, they follow the Lord. They, they have, Wise words come from them because they've learned something. It's a, it's a, a good challenge to put, our, put before ourselves as we examine our life. What about the area of worship? We saw wisdom celebrating the things that God had done and how wonderful that is. We've seen the fear of the Lord in verse 13. Wisdom points us ultimately to the story of God and all that he has done. From the very beginning when he created the heavens and earth and he created us to when it all went wrong, Genesis chapter 3, when we rebelled and sinned against him to his great plan of salvation that runs through the rest of the Bible. But God ultimately sent someone, Jesus, to live the perfect life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we should have died, to raise victorious from the grave and to offer us new life if we repent of our sins and we turn and we put our faith and trust in him and then we, it pushes to the end of the story where it says one day the new heavens and new earth will come and these old heavens and old earth will be wrapped up and taken away and we will be with him forever with all the saints of God it's going to be wonderful my question is do you live a life of, of worship and praise and thanking God good practices spend a moment one morning writing down a bunch of things to be thankful to God about Make it a daily habit. What am I thankful to God about today? We try and do it with our kids every night before we go to bed. What can we say thank you to God for? And actually, it's amazing how much we can think. When they're four and six, often ice cream comes up, but it's still something to be thankful about. Training thankfulness in our hearts. If If all else goes wrong, I'm still breathing, Lord, thank you. You know, that's a good place to start, and we can build up from there if you've had one of those days. Write them down, read them out, and say, God, I am thankful for you. We put out once a month kind of from the worship team, sort of the latest worship album. I don't know if you're a music person. I'm not very good at this part of music, but I like listening to music. And I like putting on worship songs and just singing them and getting the truth in me. It cultivates something in my heart. So when we're walking around, the thing, what's coming out of me is praise and worship to Jesus because I've fueled myself with what's coming in. Last one, Learning learning have you accepted wisdom's invitation to learn what is your posture are you Usain Bolt on the line ready ready to go focused or are you I can't think of what the opposite of him would be the dude on the sofa is asleep and not really you know doing anything What's your posture? Are you willing to learn? How are you doing this? We suggested when we start this, uh, the Proverbs series, have a read through the book of Proverbs. And I, th- I want to suggest that to you again. If you haven't read Proverbs, guess what? It's the 1st of August tomorrow. How many days are in August? 31. How many chapters in Proverbs? Oh, it's, it's like God set it up. I mean, just, I'm, just, I'm just knocking it out of the park. He teed it up. There you go. You might think, well, do you know what? I read Proverbs when you suggested it back then, and maybe I've read it again because I'm just that level of super spiritual. And you're like, okay, if you've done that, why not go to Hebrews? We'll be starting Hebrews in September. Read Hebrews. Get into the Word of God. Be be active in doing that. If you've missed sermons here, I often get comments from people when we're a bit late in putting the sermon on the web. I got one this week. It's like they would say, is the sermon from Sunday going up? And because we've been away camping, i would missed it. So we put it up there but actually catch up with what God's saying to us through the sermons that come through. We had Andy Martin last week. Great stuff on the resurrection Uh, and uh, the life and what that means for us have a listen to that get caught up life groups getting connected into a life group a great place to learn as Jonathan shared this morning they had a wonderful conversation about the resurrection of Christ and what that meant for them in life they're places to learn to get to know people get connected on what's going on we also want to learn from others in a wider context here's my question for you today who are your people who are your people when when those big life decisions come up financial They can be job, moving job, starting a family, getting married, or other things like that. Who are your people you go and talk to? Who are your wise, godly counsel that you think, do you know what? Before we make this big decision, before I make this decision, before my family makes this big decision, who do I run this past and say, look, think about doing this. What do you think? Who are your people? They should have names. If you're sitting looking at me like, I don't know, find some. Find some people who are hopefully older, wiser, those who don't necessarily go together, but we want them to, in God and mature and actually think they would offer counsel for God on this. And people who I would listen to if they said, actually, man, I don't know if that's a good idea. Have you thought about this? Have you da, da, da. Who are your people? Do they have names? Are you, do you have an attitude of learning? Or do you generally think, do you know what? I'll make any decision because I know best. That's not helpful. And you might get it right, but... As Proverbs said, there is much wisdom in counselors. Many counselors help in actually being able to ask people. And what I, what I don't mean by that is keep asking the person until you get they say what you want them to say. I'll ask them, they didn't say it, I'll ask them. Do you know what, this guy, he says what I want, I'll listen to them. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, you, 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 you seek God's counsel, then you take it on board and you weigh it yourself. What about books? I don't know about you. I like reading books. Summer's coming. I like... Um, I always kind of get a little collection for a summer read that I try and fit in around life, which is somewhat challenging. So you can even learn from others you've never met. or well, they even may be dead. But you get to read a little bit, get to learn. Think about that. What have you got on your summer reading list? If you're really stuck, come to me. I'll give you some suggestions or ask some people you know. What, what should I read? What would enrich my life today? Okay, we're kind of going to draw this to a close. We've looked at obedience, authority, worship, learning. We've heard the voice of wisdom calling to us, saying, come, I will help you in these areas. And we try to apply it to our lives. But as we finish, I want, to, I want to point us back to the ultimate voice of wisdom, who is Jesus, this is where we started. Behind the words of proverb, behind the, the images of Lady Wisdom and, and what's going on there is the voice of God himself speaking to us. And the ultimate voice of wisdom is Jesus himself, He was there in the beginning. The heavens and earth were created through him. He was the one calling out everything. He came to earth. He lived amongst us. And he said this fascinating thing in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. If you're a believer here today, if you know Jesus, if you've repented of your sin, put your faith and trust in him, been born again, then you have the enormous privilege of hearing the voice of God. It's not something you have to, will he speak to me? If I'm good enough, do I have to muster something up? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, period. There's no ifs or buts in that. They know me because they're mine. They follow me. So if you're a believer here, you have a wonderful promise, wonderful joy to say, actually, I'm a child of God. I hear my father's voice. I know him. I can follow him. And that is a beautiful thing. If you're not a believer here and you haven't made that kind of commitment, I want to offer that to you today. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Because he's calling to you saying, come to me, come to me, come to me. I love you. I know you, I know everything about you, I know everything you've done, everything you're going for, and I want to have a relationship with you. Our response to God's call on our life is to turn away from our old life. The Bible calls that repentance. We turn away, as the Bible word, and we put our faith and trust in Him. We say sorry for all the things we've done, which is ultimately rebellion against God and, and the fact that we've cut Him out of our life when He is the rightful rule of everything, and we put our faith and trust in Him. And if you want to know more about that, please come speak to me at the end. But if we're believers here, you have that joy and privilege. It's not something you've got to muster up. It's not something you've got to try. God speaks and you are his children and you are here. Do you want to stand up? I'm going to pray. Band, do you want to come back to finish? I'm just going to just lead us into a time of prayer to try and earth some of those bits and pieces we've talked about. And then we're going to spend some time worshipping as we kind of close out this meeting. So maybe you want to close your eyes. Um, I always find it helpful. In these situations, you want to just open your hands and open body language is always good. Kind of a, what we're, we're open and ready, a positive posture before God. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you speak to us today. I want to thank you for this image, this lady wisdom who's calling out to us to listen, so desperate to hear, for us to hear your voice. Lord Jesus, I thank you for that today. I thank you for what you've taught us through Proverbs. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, you'd lead us in areas of obedience. Lord Jesus, where where we have to make basically binary decisions, wrong and right, before you. And actually we need to stop doing stuff. We need to start doing stuff. I ask you to give us grace today. Lord, when we've failed and we've been disobedient children, Lord, I thank you that your grace is there for us and your forgiveness is there for us when we mess up. All we have to do is say sorry, turn around, go the other way. If that's you and you know there are things that God's put in your heart and you think, I need to get that right, do it now. It's not a long, drawn-out affair. We don't have to beat you, shame you. You just need to put it right before your Father in heaven. Lord, I thank you for this area of authority, Lord. You've all given us spheres that we walk in, where we have responsibility, where we have control over certain things. Lord, I pray you give us grace to do that well, right and justly, Lord Jesus. To be good um, in the way we live our lives, to be good friends and spouses and parents and workers and kind of members of the church community and out in the world when we just connect with people. Lord Jesus, help us to be a positive influence on those around us. The air of worship, God, make us a thankful people. Let thankfulness be always on our lips where we're praising you and saying, God, you are good to us. Lord, even in the tough and difficult times. Lord, even through the pain. And Lord Jesus, let us be lifelong learners in you. That we never think we're, we've made it. That we never think, goodness, you know, we know it all. We've reached That stage of maturity where we don't have anything to learn. We always do, Lord. Give us many around us who would speak wise words into our life. Counselors, give us humility to go and seek counsel. To say, what do you think about this? Help me out, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I want to thank you overall that we have the promise that we will hear your voice. That you are the one, you are the good shepherd. You're the one who leads your sheep, leads us by still waters please when it's quiet you, you quiet our soul you restore us Lord God and we have the privilege of knowing your voice just because we're your children give us ears to hear what you're saying to us today we want to say we love you and we praise you